0: Thanks for listening to Summit PA Sermon Audio, weekly teaching from the Summit Church in Indiana, Pennsylvania. SummitPA.Church, every life made different. we started a new series last weekend called Communion. And if you didn't listen last weekend, I encourage you to go back and listen to that message. And this whole series is based on the scripture we find in Matthew 26, 26. And it says, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and he blessed it. And then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, take this and eat it for this is my body. So this is what we call communion. And when we gather and we take the body and the bread. Well, the body which represents is the bread and the juice, which represents the blood of Jesus Christ. And we'll be taking that together um, on Easter weekend. Um, But that is what we call communion. This is the last supper that Jesus has gathered with his disciples and he's teaching them about what to do in remembrance of him after he goes to the cross. And so last weekend, um, Mel talked about the word took. So as they were eating, Jesus took some bread. And the points made were Jesus uses what's in his hand. Jesus will carry away what he receives. We belong to Jesus when we are followers of him. And Jesus always gives more than he took. And that's good news. Today, we're gonna focus on and blessed it. So as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and we're gonna focus right here on blessed it. The word blessed in the Greek is eulageo, and I know I said it wrong again, but listen. Peter from Thessaloniki, Greece, was with us last night. He pastors Zoe Church there, and um, he corrected me after service, and so I had him tell me over and over, Peter, tell me how to say this Greek word, and then I even listened this morning to like someone telling me in my ear like 25 times how to say it, and I'm convinced I still said it wrong. But Jesus knows the right way to say it. The whole important part of it is that what it means, and it means to praise. It means to celebrate with praises. It means to consecrate a thing with solemn prayers. It means of God. It means to cause, to prosper, to make happy, to bestow blessings on, favored of God and blessed. And this word is where we get the word eulogy. So when you've ever been to a funeral, that's where we get the word eulogy when that part of the funeral happens. But it's to celebrate the life of someone. So when Jesus takes the bread and then he blesses it, he is celebrating with praises what God, who God is and what he has done. And he is consecrating it, making it a holy moment. So, the word blessed, I believe, is one of the most overused words in the Christian family. Not even just the Christian family, just in general here in the United States of America. The word blessed is possibly the most overused and misused word. The hashtag blessed, if you were to use that on Instagram or Twitter, has been used on Instagram over 142 million times. That's how much it's used. So we stamp blessed on a lot of things. And I used to think that blessed meant having all of the superlatives in life, meaning the best car, right, the best house, the most talented, the most gifted. And, um, and there were even times in my life where I questioned God's blessing on my life because I didn't have what I thought in our worldview was a blessing and um, I missed it. I missed, what the blessing of God actually is. Um, There was even a time in our lives, um, early 2000s, that I was involved in a a business um, that I worked from home. And we were even like encouraged as leaders in the business, like build the nicest house, drive the nicest car so that to your team, you appear blessed. And therefore they will want to do more work and they'll strive and achieve to be blessed like our worldview of what blessed is, which is totally messed up according to the Word of God. And so we're going to go there today about what being blessed really means in the Word of God. We see in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So I love this passage and it's something, if you've been raised in church any length of time, you have heard it. You have um, read it, you know about Abraham and how he was the father of many nations. Um, But what I love and what we often miss in this scripture, it says, I, meaning God, God will make of you a great nation. Not Abraham will make of himself a great nation, but God will make Abraham a great nation. And God will bless Abraham and make Abraham's name great. So, and here's the key part we're gonna focus on, so that Abraham will be a blessing. See, blessing is not about getting something to us. It's about getting something through us. And that's God's mission in our lives is that any blessing that he bestows upon us, that he gives us, it is, we are to be conduits of his faithfulness, that when he provides, when he is Jira in our lives, it is not meant to terminate on us, but it is meant to flow through us to be a blessing to other people. We are simply the vessel. Abraham was blessed to be A blessing see blessing should never ever ever stop with us here in America it so often stops with us that's why every commercial tells us like here's how to make your life your life better not how to help you and then how you're gonna make someone else's life better it's all about how to make your life better but we are simply, again, a conduit of God's goodness and his faithfulness. He longs to have his glory displayed on this earth. He wants every single person to know him and be in relationship with him. And we are the ones that we get to see that light shine forth. We are the ones that get to be a conduit of his goodness, Um, us messed up humans. He chooses us. And that's the most mind blowing thing of all. He chooses you and me who make mistakes. He chooses you and me where it makes no sense, but yet he uses us to be a blessing to other people. We talked about last week, um, Pastor Mel did, just about how Jesus won't use what's not in his hands. And so that's why he took the bread. But he couldn't bless the bread if he didn't take the bread, right? (laughs) He had to have the bread in order to bless it. We see it in the feeding of the 5,000 where um, they needed a miracle to happen to feed all of these people, but he had to take the loaves and fishes. He had to have it in his hand in order to bless it. He took it and then it says in those passages that he blessed it and then it was multiplied. So those are the key things. God can't use something that He does that we don't give Him. See, Jesus cannot bless what He hasn't received. Um, Some of you have been praying, God bless my marriage. God bless my finances. God, bless my friendships. God, bless my kids. God, bless my schoolwork. God, bless my business. And none of that is wrong to pray. None of it is. But here's the deal. If you're anything like me, you will sometimes pray these things. God, bless my finances. Well, Kim, will you trust me and handle your finances the way that I want you to handle them. Oh, but but God, like, I really I really like having control over my money. I, I I don't I don't know if I want to take those steps. Man, God bless my marriage. And God says, Will you give me your resentment? Will you give me the pain that you're holding on to? Against your husband or against your wife? Will you give that to me? Oh 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 but God, like I'm but they hurt me, like they wounded me. Like I'm not I can't release that, God. God bless my business. And he begins to to say, Hey, will Will you do business a little differently this way? Will you you make these tweaks? Will you treat your staff a little bit more honoring? Will you lay down this part of your business so that it fully honors me? Will you manage your business finances differently in the way that I have for you? <sighs> but God, I've, I've done it this way a really long time and I, I think I know better. See, that's... That's what we do. Maybe not you. That's what Kim does. That's what I do. And then I am convicted that, man, I am not trusting Jesus enough to put the thing that I want him to bless in his hands completely. See, he wants us to release. Whatever you're asking God to bless, he is wanting you to completely release it and give it to him and let him have his way with it. He cannot bless what we don't trust him with. The truth is, we ask for blessing, but Jesus knows better. See, we get really upset when God doesn't answer a prayer like we think he should answer it. We get really upset when we think that that we know better than God, but Jesus knows better than we do. He knows so often that if we get what we're asking for, it will ruin us. It will take us out. Like if he gives us a million dollars, he knows that we're just gonna blow it in a matter of time because he knows our heart. See, it's all about the posture of our heart when we're asking for a blessing. It's not bad to have things. Let me clarify that. It's not bad to have things. But what is wrong is right when the things have our heart, when we want the things, when they have a grip on us or we have relationships that have a grip on us that we aren't willing to release to Jesus and we're asking for blessing for something that that we will not release. The other thing is he will never ever bless us with something that will drag us away from god i think this is where it can be really deceptive as we think that we know best we think that maybe something looks like light and it's offering all kinds of uh, peace and comfort and joy like the thing is maybe the relationship or, or just whatever you're attracted to it looks like It can bless us. It looks like it can give us the thing we've been longing for. But he knows that if he gives you that thing, it's gonna end up dragging you away from him because you'll become self-sufficient. You will become self sufficient you will not need to rely on him anymore. He will never bless us with something that will drag us away from God. See, we misuse and misunderstand the word blessing all the time. We think it means having well-behaved kids. Like we get on social media, right? This is the danger of social media, is getting on social media and looking at the picture-perfect families and we have no idea the chaos that ensued before that picture was taken. Like every mom knows the chaos that ensues getting little kids into a picture and getting everyone to smile. But we don't see that. We look at this picture-perfect family and we're like, I want that. We think it means a big house, a nice house. We think it means a new car with all the bells and whistles. We think blessing means plenty of money to go around. We think it means notoriety, having an important title. Man, if I could just achieve this level and work, then I will be blessed. And, And so often we say this to one another. Like we'll be like, man, you're so blessed. Man, you have all of these worldly goods, you're so blessed. But it's not how Jesus meant it at all. We think it means being smart. Like man, they received the blessing and I did not. We think it means being athletic. Man, they received the athletic blessing from God and I did not. We we think it means good looking. That they somehow received the blessing and we did not. So a blessing, again, is anything that brings us closer to God. And if it doesn't bring us closer to God, it is not a blessing. So often, I look at my own life and I think, man, how many times I got it wrong. I, I went to a, a Bible college for my master's degree, a Christian university, and they had um, weekly chapels, but I, because I was a grad student, I didn't have to go them, but I worked in the registrar's office, so we would have um, the TV on that would display the chapel. And one time we had the speaker, and he made everyone in the room stand up, and he made them all chant, "Money, come forth." Money, come forth." And man. Like, I felt like I could puke. (laughs) I was like, this is what we think blessing is. That we can somehow command God for money to come forth. And they even taught at times, if you didn't have money, or if you didn't drive a Mercedes, or if you didn't drive a certain vehicle, that you just didn't have enough faith. But that's like America's worldview of faith. Not the biblical world view of what blessing is. But I even had to examine my own heart because even though I didn't take things that far and I was pretty convicted over what they were teaching, I had to look at my own heart of what how I saw blessing. As a young teenager, I started going on mission trips and was totally awakened to what blessing really meant. And it didn't matter how much money you had, or how nice of a home you had, or the worldly things that you had, but you could be blessed because you knew that Jireh, he is enough. You met people that had very little that knew that Jireh, he was all that they needed. Again, I'm not saying that having nice things is bad. It is not, because God entrusts certain things to certain people because he knows they will use it to be a blessing. What I'm challenging us on today and what I believe the Word of God is challenging us on today is are the things that we have, are we using it to bring glory to God? If you have a big, beautiful home, are you using it to be hospitable and welcome others into it? If you have a nice car, are you using it to bring glory to God in whatever way? But I would also say to those of you who maybe don't have those things, we have to check ourselves there too. Like, are we bitter because we don't? Are we bitter because we think somehow God has overlooked us? That he blessed other people, but he didn't bless us? I've had to do that. I've had to repent of that before. We're going to go to really what the Word of God says about being blessed. In Matthew 5, 3 through 11, this is a passage that doesn't always make sense. This is the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' most famous sermon of all, in chapter 5 of Matthew. And he's talking about what we call the Beatitudes. So a lot of teachers and preachers will say it's the Beatitudes how to be, how to have the attitude, the be attitude. This is how you are to be. It's totally not what we think is blessed. We're going to go there, verses 3 through 11. This is what Jesus says is blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. That doesn't sound like our worldview of blessed, does it? I would encourage you to go back. A few years ago, we did a series on the Beatitudes. I would encourage you to study them and ask the Lord, to examine your heart with them, but the word "blessed" here is, again, I'm gonna get it wrong, even though I listened to it 25 times this morning. Mac-a-re- yeah, Macarios. I don't know. See, I'm trying. But the key is, it means blessed or happy. So it's different than the word earlier used "blessed," which means meant a blessing, which meant a consecration before God. But this word here means happy. So I'm going to re-read the Beatitudes inserting the word happy. Happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Happy are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Happy are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Happy are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Happy are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Happy are those who who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. How many of you, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, (laughs) would say that you would be happy if any of those things happened to you? This is a key one here. I wasn't gonna go here, but I'm going to. We had a women's event last Friday night and there were some people in the room who didn't love what some of the teaching was. So they took to social media to say, it's time to audit our preachers. Guys, the word of God is what is supposed to audit our hearts. The word of God is what is supposed to audit our teaching. So when I think of this, I don't know that I can actually call it persecution, but I can call it falsely on my account. I will say I wasn't happy at first when the messages were sent to me. But then I began to say, Jesus, Bless this person. Jesus, I am blessed because I get to carry your glory, because I get to carry your truth, because I get to carry who you are. I can't say that I was happy. I was pretty, pretty upset. My heart was very, very broken and I had several sleepless nights. But how many of you can even say, man, happy am I when I'm poor in spirit? Or happy am I when I'm mourning? The reason we can be happy in all these things is because this is when we look most like Jesus. Because this is the way of Jesus in these passages. In Luke 1, we see where the angel of the Lord appears to Mary to let her know that she would give birth to the Messiah. And Mary then goes to see her cousin Elizabeth. And, um, you know, Mary was on mission carrying the Messiah. God chose her to carry the Messiah. She was a teenager. She was a young woman. And so she was told, hey, you have been chosen. You have been set apart for this mission, for this purpose, to carry the Messiah. You're unwed, you're a teenager, and you are pregnant. In Luke 1, 42 through 45, we see the response where she goes and visits Elizabeth And Elizabeth, it says, gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. And why am I so honored? Why am I so honored that the mother of the Lord should visit me when I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. But we wouldn't call Mary blessed today, would we? If we had a young woman, and she was probably around the age of 12 to 13. If we had a young woman in our midst who was unwed and pregnant, I've been that woman. I know firsthand that with that comes humiliation. With that comes thinking I'm less than. Mary was also poor and it was clear in scripture that they were um, because the law required before Jesus, the law required that a sacrificial lamb be made in order to be made right with God. But their family brought pigeons instead, which was the alternative if you didn't have money to offer a lamb. So we know that Mary was poor. So she was unwed, she was pregnant, she was humiliated and she was poor. But here Elizabeth is calling her blessed. Here Elizabeth is proclaiming Mary, how blessed you are. And Mary was truly blessed because she didn't see herself through the lens that the outsider saw her through. She saw herself through the lens of my goodness, he picked me. God picked me to carry the Messiah. And her response was to sing a song of praise to God, to bless the Lord. If I were Mary, I would have curled up in a ball and said, no, Lord, not me. That's what I think I would have done. Why me, God? Why choose somebody else, God? Why do I have to carry the Messiah? Pick someone else, But this is her response. In Luke 1, 46 through 55, Mary responded, "'Oh, how my soul praises the Lord.'" how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he took notice of his lowly servant girl and from now on all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one is holy and he has done great things for me he shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him his mighty arm has done tremendous things he has scouted scattered the proud and haughty ones he has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble he has filled the hungry with good things and sent the Rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful, for he made this promise to our ancestors to Abraham and his children forever. Would you respond the way Mary did? Like automatically go into blessing. Like Jesus, you God, you're so good. We I bless your holy name. You're incredible. She immediately turns back her despair into blessing. And that is the way of Jesus. See, she was able to respond this way because, just like we said earlier, a blessing is anything that brings us closer to God. And certainly she was with God physically. Jesus, the Messiah, was growing within her womb. She had this intimacy with Jesus that none of us would have, will ever experience because she carried him. But how many times do we go through a trial or a moment where, where instead of our hardship or the thing that we consider not a blessing turns us into bitterness and despair, when instead if we would change the posture of our heart, and I'm not saying we don't have a moment where we go through the motions of like being upset, like we're human. I'm going to give y'all some grace here. Okay. I'm going to give myself some grace here. I need the grace, right? But what happens in our hearts when we turn those moments that could that could sow a heart of bitterness and a heart of woundedness. And instead of taking that posture with God, we instead say, God, you're you're worthy. If this thing brings me closer to you, take it. If this means that I have a friendship with you, have it, bless it. If this means that I know you more intimately, Bless it. I'm yours, God. For me, so often it's in those moments of complete and surrender where I know I literally cannot fix my situation. Where I have been on my knees saying, God, I don't know how this is gonna work out. See, we don't have a good theology for suffering in the United States of America, but we're gonna start teaching it. Our brothers and sisters in other nations have a much better theology of suffering than we do. And that's okay. Not coming down on us for that. But we have to learn what it means to look like Jesus. A blessing is anything that brings us closer to God. So if you have nice and wonderful and beautiful things, praise him for it. God, how can I use it for your glory? How can I pour it out for your glory? I'm going to go back real quick, so I skipped over it. But here's, how, here's ways to be blessed by God. Psalm 1:19-2 says, seek the Lord. Jeremiah 1.17.7-8 seven says, trust in the Lord. Proverbs 16.20 says, apply the Bible to your life. Again, let the word of God read you. James 1.25 says, be a doer of the word, not just a hearer. 1 Peter 3.9 says repay evil with blessing. Malachi 3.10 says to tithe, to give. Those are some ways that we can be blessed by God. pain, suffering, disappointment, being mocked can all be a blessing all of it can he wants to use all of it for his glory we we often misuse the scripture um, that he wants to turn all things around for for our good and so often we misuse that and think that well it means that like we're going to get that check in the mail it means that like we're going to have this notoriety but that's not necessarily what it means. It means it's gonna be for our good, like for our hearts good. He's gonna turn it around for our good to be more like him. He's gonna turn it around so that our lives bring others to him. It's gonna be all for his glory where no one can point to you and say she did that. No one can point to you and say he did that. They will only be able to point and say only God can do that. That's what I want in my life. I want people to be able to look at me and say only God can do that. That's our heart's cry for this church. That's our heart's cry for our communities is for people to be able to say only God can do what he's doing in a community like that. I'll go back to Luke 1 42. It says, Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. So these, um, these two words blessed are the eulogeo word, meaning consecrated, meaning blessed by God. This word, you are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said, means happy. You are happy because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. It means, the first two words mean, Mary, you have been set apart. You have been consecrated to be set apart. And then the last word means you have been submitted to God and happiness is gonna come through that. See, our joy, the place where we find joy is when our lives are fully surrendered and submitted to God. Not what we think is God, not Jesus plus these things. It's Jesus and Jesus alone where our happiness is truly found, where our peace is truly found. A blessing isn't always comfortable, convenient, or understandable, just like Mary, she certainly wasn 't comfortable being pregnant. How many women in the room have been pregnant? You know it is not comfortable that 's why the curse on Eve was there will be pain in childbearing. Being pregnant is not comfy cozy. A blessing doesn 't mean that it 's always comfortable it doesn 't mean that it 's always convenient. Mary had to give birth in. A barn, it doesn't mean that it's understandable. A blessing always brings us closer to God. A blessing doesn't terminate on us. It's not, it doesn't stop with us, but it terminates on our creator. It points back to him. See, I believe that if your blessing doesn't make you look more like Jesus, you're missing the mark. So our response today is, Jesus, what blessings have you given me? And how can I bring you glory through them? How do you want me to use them to make your name known? How do you want me to use them to bring you glory? And remember, a blessing doesn't mean material goods. Jesus, how can my suffering bring you glory? How can my mourning bring you glory? How can me being a peacemaker in situations bring you glory? I'd love for everyone just to bow their heads and close their eyes. This is just a holy moment between you and God. And I just want to invite you right now in this moment to truly reflect on the word of God and what you heard today. And maybe you're here today and you say, Kim, I, I'm not a follower of Jesus. I've never made that decision but I want to know who this Jesus is and I want a friendship with him. I want to know that he is Jireh, that he is our provider. I want to know that he is a mighty fortress in my life. I want to know what it means to quit being the savior of my life and let him be the savior of my life. I want my days on this earth to point other people to him. So maybe step one for you today is simply recognizing I want to follow Jesus. I'm making that decision today. And if that's you today, would you just raise your hand and I'd love to pray with you. I see you on the left. Thank you. Anybody else that would just say, I want to follow Jesus today? I want to make that decision. Okay. Well, if everyone will just pray this prayer with me Jesus, I need you. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for your sacrifice. I choose you today. I want my life to honor you. Make me like you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate today? In scripture it says that He leaves the 99 to find the one. And all of heaven rejoices when just one comes to know him. And so literally all of heaven is erupting in praise today. And so if you made that decision today, whether in this room or online, I just wanna encourage you, let us know about it. We want to walk with you on your journey. Just because you said a prayer and made a decision to follow Jesus doesn't mean that it's going to be a cakewalk. But you need godly community to come around you and, and equip you. We have a class on Wednesday nights called Fresh Start. Um, we also have many other tools available to you. And then I want to encourage you to sign up to be baptized by water. But we're just so proud of you and I'm so grateful that you made that decision today. You can also let us know by texting the word summit PA to the number 94000 or scanning the QR code that's on the screen. Or if you don't know how to do any of that, you can fill out the card in the seat back in front of you. But let us know about your decision today. For the rest of us, and this is me included, we're about to go into a final moment of worship. And this song is a classic to me. I grew up listening to this one. But it's based out of Psalm 103, 1 through 5. And out of the passage, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So I wanna invite you to stand. And maybe some of you need to kneel. And these altars are open if you want to even come and kneel at the altar. But what we are going to do in this final moment is bless the Lord. Let our blessings not terminate on us, but on our creator. Let's change the posture of our heart and give all glory and praise to him. Will you do that with me this, eve- this morning? I wanna pray this final prayer of blessing over you found in number 6, 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you peace.